you know, going into this Saturday, I don't think they're going to be able to pull it off. I mean, it, it shocked me. That's Well, here we go. It's last play of the game here. If they don't do it now, nothing's going to happen. Back in the pocket. Looks, looks, fires. Oh, my God, he caught it. He caught it. 10, 5, touchdown. This is Saturdays in the States. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Saturdays in the States. I'm your host, Andrew Parker, and uh, a lot was determined this past weekend. In a sense, it was almost like um, a playoff, if you will, but a lot of like sh- it was like a shape shifting playoff where like things had to happen, and if those things happened, then it put this into play, but if that happened, then this, like, like th- it was a chain reaction of sorts. Uh, so we obviously went into the weekend with one spot open. It was obviously clear that there were three that were solidified. It was LSU, it was Clemson, and it was Ohio State. As long as those teams won, they were in. But the wild card was that fourth spot. And the the reason why was because if Georgia were to beat LSU, uh, Georgia would have gotten that fourth spot. It's just obvious. But that fourth spot was really what this entire past Saturday was for, was who is going to get number four. And um, if anything else, when it comes to these top teams that played this weekend, we learned a lot. And I think that's the one impression people don't really uh, think about is um, they only think about it as like a playoff game to get in where they don't even think about it as assessing teams uh, going forward. And I think that's something that we should do more. Because when, when I was watching some of the games, when I was watching the SEC title game or I was watching the ACC title game or even like the Big Ten title or the Big 12 title game, I wasn't looking at it as a playoff game, even though that's what it was, I was assessing the teams thinking, okay, if this team gets in, how will they fare? If this team gets in, how would they do? And I'm going to be talking about that a lot today. Um, So the first game that we had was Utah and Oregon, where obviously Utah got beaten by Oregon. And it was a very... um, a very uh, determined, hungry Oregon team. Now, what I'm going to do is going to be going down the stat line and kind of tell you where, at least I think, the, the change of the game was. Um, so if we're if we're just going down, they're 18 and 19 on first downs. They the third down efficiency was the exact same. But here's the big differentiator: is Utah was 0 for 4 on 4th downs, where Oregon was 1 for 1. And that's a few things. Number one, some of those were short yardage 4th downs, which means they lost the line of scrimmage, which if you're going to win football games, you have to own the line of scrimmage. That's where I would say you measure your success off of is are you are you um, demanding your respect on the line. And obviously they did not in some of those short yardage 4th down plays. Another thing that it indicated was on the first three downs, they did not execute well enough to put themselves, uh, and it ended up putting themselves in that position where they had to convert on fourth down. And it's 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 very sad, but it's true. Is um, you don't want to have to go for it on fourth down four times. But if you don't execute on the first three, if you don't execute the game plan, if you don't figure something out. You have to do it, and they were not successful at that. Oregon did it once, and they were one for one, and they were fine. Another thing was how Oregon defensively did a great job against Utah. When it comes to total yardage, Utah was only at 309, where Oregon was at 432. And passing, they were completely identical. But the big difference was Oregon had uh, 239 rushing yards, and Utah only had 116, which again proves my point that they dominated the line of scrimmage. They owned the line of scrimmage. And it's it's very it's simple. It really is. If you can dominate it, you can win. And that's what we saw. Obviously, this was very disappointing for Utah. I you know 
I'd say another thing was how some of their players just didn't play that well. They weren't making good passes. Uh, they weren't catching good passes, rather. Um, and they turned the ball over quite a bit. So, you know, everything else was pretty, you know, even. I mean, you know, the, the time of possession, really, Utah favored that by, by about a minute and 20 seconds. So, again, it's just every now and then when it comes to games that are lost, the score is not that indicative. You have to look into the details of how... Um, the team lost, and that right there shows you that you it was all on Utah dominating the line and how that did not happen, and how Oregon, you know, they put that as the one of their strengths going into that game, and they did a great job, and now they're, they're sitting pretty going to the Rose Bowl. The next big-time uh, conference title game was Baylor and Oklahoma, with Baylor with the backup quarterback and all that. And this is a, a conference that I heavily criticized on having no defense at all in the Big 12. But obviously, uh, it was a good defensive battle. I remember watching the first half of that game, and there was a Big 10 score. It was low scoring. And, and at times, you know, it, we, we watch this conference, and we like to think that it's going to be a shootout and there's going to be no defense. But when these, these two teams... Because they had played prior, they shored up their defense and were ready to go. Um, you know, if we're looking at it, Baylor had eight first downs, Oklahoma had 21. If we're looking at total yards, Baylor only had 265 to Oklahoma's 433. And the big difference was they became one-dimensional because if we look at the rushing yards, Baylor only had 35. 35 rushing yards to Oklahoma's 146. That's saying something. That shows to you that Baylor completely abandoned their running game. They did not believe in it. They did not trust it. And that uh, that is is indicative of how that game went. I mean, there's some other things. You know, your, your quarterback got injured. Um, you know, things like that of that nature. But regardless, I mean. When you become one-dimensional, it becomes a lot easier for teams to beat you. You become a lot more desperate as to as to uh, wanting to, to convert on those drives. Um, I'd say another thing that that I take away from this game is uh, out of all the teams, Oklahoma is not the strongest in that fourth bunch. Uh, uh, they've really been trying to struggle to get these wins late in the year, and this was another example of them uh, you know, just scraping by. Now, again, some people may may counter that argument and say, Andrew, it's because of the dominance of how good the Big 12 is in that competition, how it's rising. And it could be true. You really could. But Oklahoma, for as good of a pedigree as they are, uh, they are just held to a higher standard, to a higher expectation to, from everybody. So you don't even given that possibility that, you know, the competition's getting better. Um, you also got to realize it's Oklahoma. They got to do better. Then the next one was LSU and Georgia. And LSU was just on them from the get-go. Um, they held them to um, 286 total yards, under 100 rushing yards, which is uh, huge for LSU. Um, they just looked complete. They looked great in every facet of the game, every way. LSU, I, I can't say enough about how well um, Justin Burrow is for uh, LSU. Just a class-act player. I, you know, if you run the Heisman, wouldn't mind that at all. Um but Coach Orgeron has this team rolling, and he has the train going. And I mean, it's it's impressive. It really is the work that he's done with that offense, with that defense, the recruiting, everything. And you can tell those players love playing for him, and and the fan base loves him. And he, Coach O, loves where he's at. He he could not be happier with what he is doing. Um, th- this didn't even surprise me at all. I didn't even give Georgia a chance, and obviously, uh, so um, you know, they got beat pretty handedly. So with that being said. Um, it, uh, 
it was it was a good sh- out showing for LSU. It really was. And then the next game that we had was Virginia and Clemson. And remember, I predicted Virginia to make it a little bit closer. Obviously, they didn't. But, you know, they did show early on that they could easily move the ball against Clemson. They could, but obviously just the athleticism of Clemson uh, outdid Virginia. Um, and again, this is another aspect where Clemson just dominated on every facet of the game. Um, they only held them to 104 total rushing yards, and they racked up, Clemson racked up 619 yards, total of offensive yards, 619. That's what happens when you score 62 points in a game. That is just astounding. That was, I mean... That was impressive, and again, I want to I want to critique these teams, um, the, the top four teams here. Uh, after I'm done with with these results, and then the other big game that everybody watched was Ohio State and Wisconsin, and this was one that I think shocked a lot of people because I know at least that I thought Wisconsin was gonna was gonna hang around with them for about a half, maybe to the third quarter. But then I thought Ohio State would eventually pull away and kind of get on them by about twenty or so, and actually that did not happen at all. As we all know, we know Wisconsin came out to an amazing lead, and Wisconsin or Ohio State really had to claw back and really earn this victory. Now in the end, they ended up doing it decidedly, but still, Wisconsin definitely showed up to play. I was extremely impressed with what I saw by uh by that by that group of players. Um. But uh, all in all, I mean, Ohio State, uh, they, they, they started doing little things better. They started executing more, doing their reads more, making better passes. You know, they had some turnovers in the beginning that kind of, you know, set them back in their execution of how they wanted to carry out their game plan. But, uh, you know, Ohio State knew that they had to, to turn that around, so, and, and they did. Uh, what I want to go off of now is I want to go through the four main teams that we have and kind of assess them and I will say this out of all of the four teams when it comes to um, uh, Oklahoma Clemson Ohio State and LSU the only one to me that seems complete is LSU that is the only team to me that seems complete and I'm gonna tell you why Um, so if if you're looking at just complete um, competitiveness and dominance it's LSU. They have had an amazing schedule. They have dominated that extremely difficult schedule. They, I would say, out of all the teams in that in that in this playoff, have had the most gruesome schedule and the the consistency of being challenged every single Saturday. I think that has put them in the best place to to win this game. I'd say the only uh, closest one to them is Ohio State, which I'll get to in a minute. Um, but LSU, uh, obviously, with the schedule that they had and the conference that they've that they are in. Um, it primed them up really good to be in this position, and you know LSU as of right now is a 13-point favorite over Oklahoma, um, d- d- deservingly so. I-, I would not bat that one bit. Again, they're going up against a conference that doesn't have a defense, so that's going to uh, hinder Oklahoma's image uh, against everybody else in this pool of four. So that's that's something to consider. But I would say LSU, most complete team on both sides of the ball. Um, Partly because of the conferences they come from, but also just because of the consistent schedule that they have had of it just being every week a challenge. Every single week it's been a challenge. And if we look at who they faced, they faced Texas. They faced Florida. They faced Auburn. They faced Alabama. They faced Georgia. I mean, it's just... 
with a schedule like that and and having to face those teams week in and week out, you know, iron sharpens iron, and, and obviously they they got better every single week. No matter how much they won by, when you're facing that quality of talent every single Saturday, it, it's pretty obvious to see how, how good you can become if you keep winning those big-time games. So I'd say they're the most complete team. Following them is Ohio State, and I'll say this. Ohio State is not the most, you know, I, I'm weary of Ohio State. I am. And the reason why is because there have been games where they have either um, blown teams out or they've had to, to kind of come from behind. And I'm going to go kind of through, who, you know, who they face. So they blew out Indiana, um, blew out Nebraska, blew out Michigan State. Um, I'd say the only team that even played them remotely close was Wisconsin this past time. Um, the reason why I've, I'm worried about oh, oh, there's Penn State too, so I don't want to that was that was I'd say their entire season that was the one that was probably their hardest game next to the Big Ten title game. I'll say this about Ohio State is if I am them, that was kind of a worrying game for me watching that Big Ten title game because they had no reason that they should have fallen in a rut. And again, it's a title game and and things happen. And like I like uh, these are just college kids; they're gonna make mistakes. They're not perfect, but. You're playing at Ohio State, the Ohio State, Ohio State University. Um, that pedigree is expected. It's demanded by by that coaching staff and by the culture that's there. And when you go into a game and you have to actually work your way from behind and come come ahead uh, victorious, I'm just saying it, it shows it shows vulnerabilities in it. It shows vulnerabilities. Um, Again, they have quite a bit of time to coach their their players up and uh, and and fix those issues that they had. But I would say that Ohio State, you know, the only reason why uh, they're not a complete team, I will say, is simply because, um, you, you know, and this is worse for other teams, but they uh, kind of fell asleep, I would say, near the end. And and I think that they're going to really have to wake up. It's a long season. It's a long season when you're good. You have to consistently bring it every week. But uh, regardless, Ohio State. I think they'll be coached up to be fine, but I'd just be a little bit weary after the performance and the outing that I saw in the Big Ten title game. The next team I'm going to go over is Clemson, and Clemson is the team out of all of these that uh, that and I, I would also worry about heavily. And I think they they the way they're ranked one through four is how I would rank them in dominance as well. As LSU is number one, Ohio State's number two, but I'd put Clemson at three and obviously Oklahoma at four. But uh, here's the reason why I am not sold on Clemson. I don't think that they're going to go to another national title game no matter how good they are. And the main reason why is they haven't faced anybody. Uh, you know, all respect, due respect to the, to the ACC and Clemson, but I don't think that they have really faced anybody. They blew out Georgia Tech. They blew out Syracuse. They almost lost to North Carolina, a good North Carolina team, but North Carolina nonetheless. They blew out Louisville, blew out Boston College, um, blew out NC State, blew out Wake Forest, blew out their rival South Carolina, blew out... I mean, it's it, they're good. Don't get me wrong. I mean, that's a good sign is they're a great team. They're beating the tar out of these opponents, but that's the problem. Is Unlike LSU, where they're undefeated and they're great, it's because they consistently face uh, ranked programs that are extremely good and talented. Whereas Clemson is, Clemson's kind of falling into the Alabama uh, um, column when Alabama was, or is, I should say, but like the, in years past where Alabama was just consistently dominant, which people would argue and they would say, yeah, but you're facing teams in your conference, but you're, those other players aren't good. Like you're, you're so high above everybody else in your conference that your conference isn't even helping you out anymore. Like it, it's, 
it's a little bit sad in a sense that they, and you can't do anything about it. Like those are your teams in your conference. You have an X amount of conference games you have to play, and you can't help that they're bad. You can't help that. But that's the um the place that Clemson sees themselves, that's the place that I see Clemson in and that I, I would worry about if I was a Clemson fan. You're dominant. You're defending national champs. Coach Dabo Sweeney is a great coach. He's he's able to coach the team up. But, you know, it, the, 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 the road to get to where you are hasn't been hard. It hasn't really been that hard. Other than the slip-up against North Carolina, nothing on their resume has, has proven to me that they have faced tremendous um, uh talent to, to, to challenge them. <coughs> I will say, um, you know, even the, you know, they're, they're kind of starting to fall into that hole of, of paying teams to, to play. You know, they faced Charlotte and then they faced Wofford. Uh, you, you know, I mean, it's great to be this dominant team, but at some point you kind of have to look at your mirror in the mirror and think to yourself, am I really challenging myself every single week? And that's the issue with Clemson, and that's going to be the rude awakening that I feel they're going to have against Ohio State is Ohio State, now don't get me wrong, their schedule it is, is a little bit similar to Clemson's, um, but I would say that Ohio State is just a bit above them just because of the, the quality of the Big Ten over the ACC in terms of uh, depth in the conference. And I think Ohio State, with the culture of the Big Ten of being a smash-mouth conference, that defense is going to really hinder Clemson's progress. It's going to really shock them. You know, I'd be worried if I was a Clemson fan. I really would. Um so, and it's, it's again, it's no fault of your own. It's just Clemson is so good that now their conference can't hold them accountable. You know, the, the drop-off from them to the next best team is so far that it's, 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 it's a little frustrating. So, it's, it's a thing and it happens, folks. It really is. Um, and then the last team we have in the playoff is Oklahoma. Now, here's the deal with Oklahoma. They're fourth for a reason, in my mind, because they come from a conference with no defense, and their resume is probably the sloppiest out of all these teams. You know, week one, they 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 barely they you know I mean they beat Houston forty nine thirty one, but you know that's not that impressive. You know, if you're because again we hold good programs to a higher standard than most, and you know simply getting by to lesser opponents just won't do it. At times, the the excuse of you know, uh, man, th- that that team was so good, and, and, you know, props to them. You know, yeah, that's true, but at some point, your team is raised to such a high standard that you, you it, it should be ingrained that you should beat a team out by at least 25, at least. The expectation should be there, you know. you The dominance raises the expectation for you, and you can't fall back on, on excuses of laziness. You can't do that. Uh... Going down their list, uh, they you know s- squeaked past a Texas team that was average this year, which just went a lot of people. They lost to Kansas State. They almost lost to Iowa State as well. Uh, you know, and and they had to come back from behind to beat Baylor, and they struggled with TCU. Um, I mean, they beat Oklahoma State, but that wasn't even really that. It was an average game, I would say. Um, I'll just say that the the. Oklahoma does not have a lot of good things going for them. They come from a weak conference with no defense. If you look at their past games, it's obvious that they struggled down the stretch. They lost some games. I was fully convinced Iowa State was going to beat them that one week. They were lucky. They, oh, that's a game that Oklahoma didn't win. Uh, Iowa State lost it. 
you know, there's a difference between, you know, losing a game, winning a game or, or, or the other team losing it. That's a game where Iowa State lost it. Oklahoma didn't win it. Iowa State lost it. And then they came back and they fell up short against Kansas State. Um, again, it's just the vulnerability with coming from the, the Big 12. It really is in that in that in that perception of no defense. It's almost maddening when I was watching some of the plays in the Big Twelve game. The Big Twelve title game was just there were some defensive plays that if you do that exact same play in the SEC or the Big Ten, it's going to get intercepted or the play won't work or or it's just not going to work. So, uh, you know, I can see LSU winning this game by twenty. I really can. If if they fall into a rut, if they bring pressure on Jalen Hurts, obviously uh, Coach Riley is a offensive uh, guru. He knows offense well, but the issue is, you know, offense against Kansas State is different than offense against LSU. You got to draw up something different. So um, that's the fun part about all of this, about this entire playoff scenario, is it's bringing teams from other conferences, the best teams, and it's seeing uh, your conference on display. It really is. And, I mean, last year when Oklahoma uh, was in the playoff, uh, I believe it was last year when they faced Alabama, I didn't give Oklahoma a chance, and obviously Alabama went into that game just thinking, hey, let's just beat them. And they did. I will never forget when I was watching Alabama and Oklahoma, I mean, Alabama just did got to work, and they wanted to get that game done because they just knew that they could beat Oklahoma. And, and again, it was with that perception of no defense. And, I mean, uh, their defense, Alabama, Alabama's defense was all over Oklahoma, and Oklahoma's defense couldn't give any answers to, to Bama's offense. So, and it really showed, I would say, that game. If, if you want a preview of what that LSU-Oklahoma game is going to be like, Watch the highlights from that game last year, that Alabama-Oklahoma game. I bet you it's going to be very, very similar. I expect, I honestly kind of expect it to be a little bit worse just because of the talent that LSU has. Um, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts may make it a little bit different, but by and large, and, you know, Jalen Hurts also brings to the table of, okay, I, I've played in the SEC, I played against LSU. I, you know, unlike unlike Murray last year, he was only a Big 12 guy, uh, you know, uh, Jalen Hurts played in the SEC, so he himself has experience against LSU. But it's one man, and football's a, a a team sport. It's not like basketball where you can you can you can weigh in on a guy and hoping he gets you forty, and you know carrying the team to the victory. You can't do that in football. Football, it's everybody. And so although Jalen Hurts may be able to handle SEC athleticism. That line that protects them may not be able to. The wide receivers may not be physical to hold their blocks. The defense on the other side of the end may not be able to own the line of scrimmage. Their backs may not be able to cover LSU's receivers or make the tackles of LSU's running back. So, again, it's not basketball where you can have one one player go off for 30 or 40. It's football. It's a unit sport. And that's going to probably be the biggest glaring issue with Oklahoma. So I'll say this, I feel whoever comes out of the Ohio State-Clemson matchup will be a lot better uh, prepared for LSU and Oklahoma. And now I'm not saying they're going to win it, but I will say that, that the person who comes out of that game, out of the, the Fiesta Bowl, will be in a much better position simply because of uh, how much closer I feel that game will be as opposed to Oklahoma and LSU. I think Oklahoma doesn't stand a chance. I think they're going to get beat by at least 20. Um, I expect to see a lot of what happened last year when they lost to Alabama. So that being said, uh, that's, that's my views on it. 
going forward, we have a ton of bowl games to get to, uh, but I don't want to jump to that conclusion at all. I really don't because we still have probably one of, if not the most, not biggest, but the most important rivalry in this nation is Army versus Navy. Okay, this this is one of those games that kind of is just the epitome of America and college football is is two of our armed forces, those two institutes going at it and how it is a, a great rivalry with beautiful tradition, beautiful pageantry. You know, I love how no matter how good or bad one team is, everybody watches and everybody tunes in because it's just beautiful with all the cadets in the stands and the, the, the formations on the field and the the. Um, uh, what is it? What is that tradition they do in the beginning? It's like it's the um, it's the the prisoner exchange where uh you know one guy goes to they they swap cadets at the at the place. I mean it's just it's fun and it's cool and I love it. It's it's one of those beautiful things about this sport, folks. That uh that if you haven't watched it, I highly encourage it. And what's cool is um. It's an old-fashioned game because because they don't have the best athletes. They run the simple, you know, ground uh, wing option game. You know the the and it's just uh, it's so fun to watch. It's going to be a quick game because there's no passes because they run the ball all the time. That clock is running and running and running. So it's a quick game. It goes by fast, but it's just beautiful. The pageantry is amazing. What's even cooler is the uniforms that they make for that game every year are astounding. I thought the coolest thing was I believe it was last year, or the year before when Army beat. Navy. And it was, I think it was two years ago. Army beat Navy on a last-second field goal, um, uh, but it was snowing. And ironically, Army didn't plan for that, but the uniforms that they had were a tribute to, like, a snow mountain unit from World War II, and they just blended in. It was just cool. Um, and the uniforms this year are, are no exception to that. Both sides just go all out. It's a fun game. And Army's 5-7. and seven. You know, Navy's 9-2, and two, ranked 23rd in the nation. That doesn't mean anything in this game. It really doesn't. This is going to be a great, great game. I expect it to be close. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick. You know, I'm gonna pick Army to beat Navy. Um, I, I will say in this game, just because when I was growing up, Navy had won it like 13 times or 12 times in a row. I had just, in general, grown up wanting Army to win this game more. So I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I, I root for Army traditionally in this game, but by and large, I, I love this game. It's a fun one. Um, and, and hey. You know, I've said it before, but this is the game where it matters where who's going to own the line of scrimmage. In a, in a game where no one passes the ball, which offensive line is going to be tougher? And which what are, which offensive line is going to put their team in the position to sing second? Uh, you know, it's... We'll, we'll see. Uh, I'm going to pick Army to upset Navy, though, because why not? It's just a fun game, a beautiful game, great pageantry. Again, folks, if you haven't watched the Army-Navy uh, rivalry tune in and watch it. It's a quick game, relatively speaking, to, to like a, a Big 12 game where there's a ton of passing. Um, it's going to be fun. Going forward after this, uh, we're going to be um, breaking games, uh, bowl games down week by week, not even really kind of going over uh, teams uh, until we get to the bigger ones, but I'd say in the beginning, kind of just making picks. So in the very beginning, when we have like the Bahamas Bowl or the Frisco Bowl or the New Mexico, you know, with with these teams, we're going to be making selections, but by no means are we going to go terribly in-depth on them. Um, 
we may look back on you know, how their season is and how they fared against competition, but we aren't going to go as in-depth to them as we will when we start getting closer to the bigger Bulls, like the New Year's Six Bulls and the January One Bulls and the bigger teams start playing. But anyway, um, fun time, fun part of the year. But anyway, that's uh, my view on the top four teams. That's my view on the Army-Navy game. And folks, uh, just it's going to be fun. It, it never stops. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Uh, that's today's episode. Please like, share, uh comment uh uh leave a comment if you will um but but by all means please like it uh or please give it a grading and share it um thank you all for listening and have a great rest of your week